Welcome into the Locked On Knicks podcast, Gavin Shaw, Alex Wolf. The point guard could be on the move. Why the Knicks, despite seemingly being loaded at the point guard position, could be contenders for his services. Is it a good idea? Is it a bad idea? You're about to find out on Locked On Knicks. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast, and today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA, and when you enter promo code LockedOnNBA, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. I've been using mine uh, daily these past couple of weeks, so certainly go for that. Um, but who's talking to you? I'm Gavin Shaw. Uh, he, uh, your favorite play-by-play broadcaster's favorite play-by-play broadcaster. He's Alex Wolf, editor-in-chief of The Strickland, the greatest Knicks website in the whole wide world. And we want to remind you to become an everydayer on Locked On Knicks. That means to subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and to subscribe on YouTube and hit that notifications bell so you never, ever miss one. Uh, but Alex, you're normally the hack guy on this show. I had to represent because we're talking <laughs> about the point God today, Chris Paul, uh, the leader of my sons. It breaks my heart that he didn't get a title in Phoenix, but maybe he could get one in New York. Um, there have been mixed reports. The initial one was that the Suns were trending towards waving him straight up. The latest has been more so along the lines that they're having ongoing conversations. It could be a wave and a re-sign. Uh, could still be part of a trade with DeAndre Eaton if the Suns could find something. I think ultimately he's waived, um, and I think there is a bidding war for his services. But Alex, thanks to a relationship uh, with the Knicks uh, mob boss, Leon Rose, uh, there's a world where he comes to New York. Yeah, and like the whole situation in Phoenix is just so interesting. It feels like one of those, I mean, speaking of Leon Rose and of agents and everything else, it feels like agent and GM chess right now as far as what's getting out when and you know how they're they're framing this whole thing. But no matter what, there's a divorce incoming, I think. I The whole scenario of like, it just seemed like such damage control to be like, oh, well, maybe they'll waive him and then they'll re-sign him. It's like, mm. <laughs> something tells you that bridge would be pretty well burned once you already say like, well, you're not worth what we extended you for a couple years ago. Um, maybe for for a guy of Paul's stature, that's not quite a, not quite something he wants to hear uh, at, at this point in his career or any point in his career. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think so. The way I look at this from a Knicks perspective is – I mean, I was already uh, – so it seemed like Chris Paul might be on the trading bo- block regardless um, going into this offseason. And I guess, like, it's just a little more surprising that Phoenix is so ready to get off of him that they would be willing to uh, eat half of his salary and, you know, wave and stretch it just to create space. Like, what space? I don't entirely know because they have Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton on the books. Now, like, of course – they're trying to now package Paul and Aiton together to move them, which good luck with that too. That's like a huge chunk of salary to just try to like find somewhere to dump. Um, but I, I kind of, I don't know. I feel like if the Knicks were in a position where they could have even moved like Evan Fournier and like 
opted in Derrick Rose to his final year of his deal and then gotten Paul that way. Like, I wouldn't be unopposed to it then. But if there's a scenario where they can literally just get him for, like, the veteran's minimum or part of the mid-level exception or whatever the case may be, I kind of – I don't know. There's a, a big part of me that says just go do that. You know, I feel like the – this is maybe the one place in the entire league, thanks to his relationship with Leon Rose – where you can bring Chris Paul in and say, you know, you're going to back up Jalen Brunson here, but like you'll play an important role. You're late in your career. Like as far as Leon's concerned, you could be like, I managed you for like 85% of your career. Like I know how things go with you. I know your body. I know like, you know, where you're, where you're at in your career right now. Like come here, play 20 to 25 minutes behind Jalen Brunson, mentor Emmanuel quickly. Some, you know, inevitably injuries will happen to someone at some point during the year. He'll probably get, you know, some opportunity to start or, you know, play bigger minutes at certain points during the year. Uh, the injury might even happen to him, you know, and, and playing less minutes would, you know, lessen the chance of that happening and maybe allow him to extend his career a few more years. I just feel like if, if you can bring him onto the Knicks because of that relationship with Leon Rose, I think it could be constructive. Whereas if, most other teams around the league asked him to come in and come off the bench. It probably wouldn't yeah. be as constructive, but I don't know. Like, how do you feel about that? Because I know in many ways that seems a little idealistic, but it kind of only to me makes sense because of that relationship with Leon Rose. Where like one last anecdote, like I can remember when I had the privilege of writing for sports illustrated for a little bit. And I actually got to go to the garden. I got to cover one of the first games of Leon Rose's tenure and it was when Oklahoma City, who then had Paul, came to visit the Garden. And that was like a huge event. Like it was literally like, oh, what if the Knicks trade for Paul? This is before Phoenix traded for him that same offseason. But to hear him talk about Leon Rose, he literally is like, we spend Thanksgivings together. Like like our families are family. You know what I mean? Like, like they are very much family. And I almost wonder if there could be some sort of arrangement even where Paul comes to the Knicks and then with the eventual – thought of maybe you could even come and join the front office after you're done as a player, which I think is something that Chris Paul probably will be interested in, but I don't know. Sorry. Rambled a little bit, but what, what do you think about all that? Yeah. I, I, I think there's an argument for it. I, when, when I first thought about it, I was, I was going to talk about it in like an earlier episode this week and just be a little bit dismissive of it. And you, and you started kind of making the case to me and I started kind of thinking like, well, like it worked out with, with Jay Kidd at the end of his career, obviously less so in the playoffs than it did at the beginning, but that's kind of the analogy I was making in my mind. The difference is, is that Paul is, is an elite shooter and kid was some became a pretty good one by the end of his career and, and kind of cameoed as an elite shooter for the first 18 games of that year when the Knicks were totally unstoppable. Um, and, and there's a couple of other differences. The other one is that, this Knicks team is is quite a bit deeper and your nominal backup point guard at this point is potentially like a guy who can make all-star teams in the future in, in Emmanuel quickly, if he hits his ceiling. Um, and we're going to get to that a little, like if you want to mess with that and like what messages that could send to IQ and like, and like, especially if you don't extend him right away, but as far as just like adding Chris Paul to your team, like I'm with you, I don't see any way that it's not additive. Um, he is one of the smartest players to ever play the game. As I noted, like, he was a little reticent at points to take spot up threes in the playoffs. So that gives me a bit of a concern, but I think coming off the bench and playing more limited minutes, that'll be less of an issue because you won't be seeing the same type of defenders. You won't be seeing the same types of length. 
And he could be a pretty effective spot-up shooter operating off of Emmanuel quickly. Obviously, he's the point guard. You're going to use him on the ball at times. With those two interchanging, I think my big concern is how it would mess with quickly. But if you're just asking me, like, if I would take him today, like, I would totally try it out, and you can always move him down the road if, if it didn't work out for some reason. Yeah, and, you know, I want to I want to touch more on that, the quickly factor, because I think, I think that's important uh, to consider here because, obviously, we're both in on Emmanuel quickly as well. We'll see shortly over these next few months how in the Knicks are on Emmanuel quickly as well. If they decide to extend him, if the if the chatter is that they are probably going to extend him uh, or whatever the case may be going forward. So we'll see how that all plays out as the summer goes on. But the, there would definitely be some interesting fit questions as far as those two were concerned. Uh, but first, Gavin, before we move on to that. Do you want to let everybody know where they could go if they need some car parts? Yep. There's one big spot for it for a championship team. It's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay motors with eBay guaranteed fit. You can be sure every part you need fits right. The first time around, just add your ride to my garage and look for the confident, look for the green check to know that the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game. When you shop on eBay Motors and with over 122 million parts to choose from, they'll be back in the game in no time after all. It's easy to bring home a win with the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available for U.S. customers. Eligible items only and exclusions do apply. All right. uh, Let's keep talking, Chris Paul. Um, I think him and Emmanuel quickly together could be fantastic. But I want to caveat that with the fact that I thought him and Derek Rose, Alex, were going to be fantastic to start this year. And part of the reason it wasn't was that Rose had clearly fallen off. Like he, he was solid defensively two years ago. Wasn't so much the case this year. Um, was still a very good spot up shooter, but, but clearly had lost some of his explosiveness getting to the rim. But I, I think the biggest fundamental issue there, and this is something I, I've talked about a lot, and I guess people have pushed back on when I tried to kind of use it as a theory for why IQ has, has struggled in the playoffs this year. Um, but I think it really messed with IQ's head, not knowing exactly what he had to do. And he's a guy who thrives on irrational confidence. But I think unlike someone like Steph Curry, at least at this point in his career, he needs very specific circumstances to have that irrational confidence. And he needs to know like rain, shine, uh, whatever happened in New York <laughs> the last few days. Uh, thanks, Canada. Um, he is going to have an opportunity to operate like that and with, with, with kind of reckless abandon. And on one hand, like Chris is going to get him easier shots. And IQ was dramatically improved as a spot-up shooter this year from two years ago. So that's a really good sign. But Alex, like, do you think he can maintain, I'd say, a mentality, particularly after like another offseason of work, another offseason of building up his skills, coming off a year where he should be at an all-time high confidence-wise, playing with Chris Paul, like a guy who, as, as I've said about 20 times this podcast, is literally called the point guy? I think there would have to be a very clear division of labor. You know what I mean? Like there would have to be clear parameters set. And, and, you know, I think that some of the best ball that we saw IQ play this year, in my opinion, or at least some of the most compelling minutes they played this year were with Jalen Brunson, I think. And a lot of that had to do with the fact that both those guys play so similar, you know, in the sense that we've talked about it like a million times this year, they came up in similar circumstances where, you know, they were playing off of ball dominant players. They had to sort of learn to either 
you know, work off the ball or work with the ball in their hands. And that's why Jalen Brunson is so good after doing that with Luka Doncic and why uh, quickly has gotten so good with that after working off of Julius Randle's rookie year, you know, RJ Barrett, obviously at times, um, even Derek Rose, Alec Burks, you know, you name it, like other guys that he was paired with that, you know, he would, he would have to find something to do while they were handling the ball. I feel like the same principles could apply with Paul if they laid it out clearly. And, and if quickly was empowered to still run the offense sometimes, which we did see, like even sometimes with Brunson on the floor and like Brunson is the star on the Knicks now, you know, like yeah. that is, that's that. And that was the case all year. And yet the Knicks still trusted quickly in some of those moments, you know, in closings of first halves or second halves to bring the ball up and, you know, be the guy that initiated the offense while Brunson sort of worked off ball a little bit. Now to your point, like, maybe Chris Paul doesn't allow you to do that because he's not, he's not those two guys as far as having those off ball skills quite as much. So I think you would need to sort of make sure that that's clear to Chris Paul. Like you're not going to be handling the ball all the time. Um, but you know, he's had some experience with not being the guy handling the ball in Phoenix the last few years because Devin Booker initiates their offense sometimes and is going to come down and take the shots and stuff like that. So I think that would be my main thing. I think as long as there was clear communication about what the roles are, I think it could work. Yeah. I, I, I think there are like, I, I think I expected Chris to have an extended career. And to some extent he already has, right? The history of point guards that are basically six, one or shorter. And I, I know Chris, I think is maybe listed at like six, two, six, three, like the guys, the guys, five eleven. Um, he, has kind of like defied the aging curve of those guards until last year. Not in that, like he, he clearly got increasingly injury prone over the course of his career. And that was a big concern. Obviously he wasn't the same, like, like explosive monster that he was in new Orleans at the start of his career or, or, or a guy who still maintained some of that in Los Angeles by the time he got to Phoenix. But this is a dude, like if the Suns had won the title, I guess now three seasons ago, like the, it would have been an open debate about who was the best player on that team. And it went from that to a guy who, like, even even in last or last year's playoffs where they lost to the Mavericks, like, was still phenomenal. Like, I don't know if you remember that New Orleans series where Booker was hurt for most of it. What what did he, he get? Like, forty points on like fourteen of fourteen shooting the last game. Um, did the same thing against the Clippers in the Western Conference Finals the year the Suns went to the NBA Finals. Um, the point is, like, the dude, like, at his best these last few years was still an absolute monster. But last year, Alex, something flipped with him a little bit where I, I got a chance to watch him um, in person in in uh, February. And it was Suns Raptors and Fred Van Vliet was pressuring him up the court. And he just looked so old. He was like, man, I want to be at home. I'm not about this. Like, I can't get an inch of space. Now they're throwing OG Ananobi on me. This sucks. When young Chris Paul like would have been torching those guys. And again, like obviously part of it is that he's older. But it got to the point where he just didn't want the ball. And I, I think you hit a certain age, it, it really does just become a night to night thing because they're also stretched in the playoffs like against the Nuggets, where he was creating like one on one and taking advantage of Nikola Jokic and drop and like nailing elbow jumpers. I say all that to say, like, I think a bench roll would be perfect for him. But I, I, I do think it's worth considering before the Knicks give him like any like crazy money, which I know they're not going to do, but like maybe even more so like any long term guaranteed money. And by that, I mean more than a year. Like, we got to take into account, like, what exactly is this guy going to look like even off the bench? Yeah, I think there's that's definitely valid. I will just bring up one thing because I, I, the few times that I got to see him during the regular season, too, I was thinking the same thing. And yet, during the postseason, the, the Suns were 
I just looked this number up. It like raised my eyebrows. They were 18.4 points better per 100 with him on the floor in the postseason, which I, I think is a, a uh, something that the Knicks could definitely benefit from. Um, it, you know, just having that extra. I, I felt like this year they looked like a young team in that Miami series where they didn't have that steadying presence that was able to just sort of like bring them back to earth and hit those shots and do those things. They, they like what used you the Kyle Lowry. Yeah, exactly. And I, I literally think of Chris Paul almost like a Kyle Lowry right now, where it's like Lowry was being a pest. He was hitting shots. He kept his composure. He used that, you know, playoff acumen that he has from all the years in the league and really put it to use for the Heat. And it really hurt the Knicks in a lot of those games. Um, but yeah, to your point, as far as not giving him multiple years or whatever, I'm totally with you there. I, I think my way that I would envision this is – Either the Knicks, you know, offer the offer the Suns like, hey, you know, we'll uh, we'll send you Evan Fournier and whatever else we need to do, like salary wise to make this work. It'll, you know, Fournier, you could keep around if you want, you know, or not like whatever. But he's an expiring contract. It's less than 30 million dollars, you know, and maybe a second round pick for your troubles or something like that, like basically nothing because otherwise I think I would just approach Chris Paul and just be like, look, dude, like, you know, especially if you're Leon Rose and you made this guy <laughs> hundreds of millions of dollars over his career, walk up to him and be like, all right, man, it's time to time to pay the piper here. Like, <laughs> you know, take a veterans minimum. You're already making 15 million this year, just on that buyout alone, you know, take a little, take a, a little bit of a bath for me here this year. Like, and just, you know, do me a solid, and then maybe we'll work out something next offseason, you know, to to keep you here for like another year or two or something like that for like a relatively small amount of money. Uh, or maybe you just offer him like the mid-level exception, which I think for the Knicks being an over-the-cap team will be worth something like $7 million or something, which in the grand scheme of things in today's NBA is a fairly low sum of money. I mean, we kind of saw with like Kemba Walker last year, like you can get off that for – couple second round picks or whatever it ended up roughly being by the time you considered that the Knicks got back three first round picks for that, that 11th pick they traded. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's tough, man. Cause I, I totally see what you're saying too, about like the, the age factor and how that, that plays into it. And it does worry me some um, because you don't want to end up with another one of these guys that, and maybe this is something that we can, that we can sort of finish the show talking about as well as talk about like what the scenario would be that like, if we'd be willing to make a trade for Paul, you know, and eat that like $30 million or if it should be exclusively a buyout thing or whatever. But I think that the Tibbs factor unfortunately looms in this too, where it's like, is Tibbs going to see a veteran player like this and be licking his chops and saying, you know, Hey, like here's another guy that I could play too many minutes and, you know, leaving Emmanuel quickly on the bench, you know, down the stretch of certain games, would he be foolish enough to try to play Brunson and Paul together, which I just, that would be the combo. I would try to avoid like the plague because I just don't think that would work. I think they should be exclusive, like mutually exclusive of one another, um, more or less at least. But uh, we'll talk about that in just a second when we get to our final segment here. But first I do have to remind everybody that today's show is brought to you by bird dogs and I love my bird dogs, man. They're well, so for people that aren't familiar, they're shorts. They're really, really comfortable. Uh, they come with a liner built right in, which I never thought I would want in shorts, except for then I realized, like, oh man, it's the summer. And I've already been out a few times when the apocalypse wasn't happening outside, when it was warm out. 
And I'm a sweaty dude. I've said this like with a bunch of very sweat centric products that we've had. Dude, that liner helps, man. Like, you never have to worry about potentially getting a sweaty butt anymore. I, I like that our, our main appeal to sponsors is that you sweat a lot. Is that I sweat a lot. It's great. Yeah. I mean, I, it's it's big time. You know, these these things that help dudes be less sweaty are, are game changers for me. Uh, and Bird Dog's stretch khaki shorts are de- designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, which give you a sculpted look, which is great, too. I will say they do fit very nice. Like they fit a little. I got the the like middle inseam. They fit a little above the knee. They look really nice. Uh, I I feel very shapely in my bird dogs. Guys have to look good too, you know. And they fit way better than regular shorts uh, because they're made of a four way stretch fabric. So th- no matter what you're doing, the bird dogs are going to move with you. They're going to be comfortable. I've worn mine and then gotten into some activity and felt totally fine with it. Like you could like get into a game of basketball or volleyball at a picnic or something and feel totally good in your bird dogs. So if you want to get some for yourself, go to bird dogs, bird dogs.com slash locked on NBA and enter promo code locked on NBA for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's bird dogs.com slash locked on NBA for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off that much. I can promise you. All right, and we're back in, continuing talking about Chris Paul coming to the Knicks. Gavin, I'll, I'll throw that point to you that I ended on there about uh, one Tom Thibodeau. How do you think that factor plays into the idea of potentially getting Chris Paul on the Knicks? That, I have to say it's sad, but that is probably the number one thing that scares me in this scenario is the idea of Tibbs getting another vet and just – taking his opportunity to play them way too many minutes. Yeah. I don't think it's, I, I don't think it's a huge concern for me just because I think he so clearly loves Emmanuel quickly. He loves closing games with Emmanuel quickly um, coming off of last season. I would have been like, hell no, because I, I wouldn't, to your point, I wouldn't have seen a scenario where he trusted quickly over Paul. I think this year proved to me that like he very much appreciates what quickly brings defensively and like the way he continued to play him um, obviously not the same amount of minutes and like at points we had, I, I, I guess I guess this is to your argument during the playoffs we had frustration we were like all right you just got to let him shoot through it at a certain point but it, honestly like like having some time to reflect on it now like I think all in all like he did he was fair to IQ when he wasn't shooting well during the playoffs and during the season like when he was hot obviously he rode him so if, if we get a better version of Emmanuel quickly with the way that guy works like I cannot imagine that we we won't I I would be stunned if at this point he's playing Chris Paul over him um, I think Alex maybe um, unless you want to touch on that a little bit more I'm, I'm going to flip this another way. Not if not if we desire Chris Paul, will Chris Paul desire us? Obviously, there's the Leon Rose um, impact. I think he could even even if it's like a difference on the margins, like I think he could make a case to himself with the confidence he certainly has in his own game that he could elevate the Knicks from like fringe title contender to like on the back end of like that top conversation. Um, But who are the other candidates for him? Um, obviously we've already said the Suns. like there've already been reports out there. Like, like he wants to find a way to keep playing with his friends, like Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. And I'm sure like on some level, he's saying to himself, like, all right, I, I didn't get a real opportunity with those guys. Um, he could always go back to the Clippers. I think his family still lives in LA. So that's appealing. Like either Clippers or Lakers, like finally getting to play with LeBron, finally getting to be a Laker after uh, David Stern, nicks the Kobe trade like 20 years ago at this point. Um, I think that's it. For Western Conference teams, unless New Orleans would kind of be a storybook ending, um, especially if Zion was healthy, he could do that. And then the Bucks, I think, were the big team in the East that I saw. Maybe Philly, 
if they lose Harden or like, I don't know, possibly even if they don't, but I don't, I, I don't know why he'd want to go there given like everything they're embroiled in right now. The Bucks, I think on paper are a fantastic fit for him. And I think there was talk of them reaching out from the past. Any of those names, Alex, stand out to you? Uh, yeah, honestly, most of them. <laughs> I would even throw Miami in there. I know that Miami is yeah. literally in the midst of the finals, but he sort of just screams the type of player that they would go for. I mean, they just they have the they have possession of the fountain of youth. Clearly, uh, who is it that was that was after the fountain of youth? Was it Vasco da Gama uh, back in the day? The the explorer. Oh, I know who, Jack Sparrow was at, at some point. Jack Sparrow too. Yeah, it was it was said they thought that it resided in Florida. Clearly, it does. Um, <laughs> clearly that's where the fountain of youth actually is. And it's under Miami stadium. Uh, uh, Pat Riley guards it and, uh, does ritualistic sacrifices before every season to let all the players drink from it. Clearly. I just want to throw out Pat yeah. Riley really does have some Raza ghoul vibes to him. So he does. Yeah. It's the Lazarus pit under there. Yeah. That he dips everybody into <laughs> anyway, nerdy, nerdy references aside, history, comic or otherwise. Um, yeah, I could see Miami being a fit. I could definitely see, Milwaukee, especially with how things went for them this year, being willing to move some money around even and be like, hey, we'll figure out a way to get this done. Maybe even trade for him, you know, like say like, hey, we'll we'll straight up trade for him and get him on here. Now, the only thing is, you know, if they trade for him, they do have to resign Chris Middleton this offseason. They have to resign Brooke Lopez this offseason. I mean, that's going to mean a lot of spending for that team when they already have Giannis on a Supermax as well. Uh, with the new more punitive luxury tax stuff in place now, I wonder if they would be willing to, I mean, granted it would only be for one year with Paul and then you get the the bird rights that come with him that you could then negotiate whatever contract you want next off season. Um, but I, I wonder how they would be like that. I wonder if they would draw the hard line at like, we can only bring him in as a free agent um, because we can only afford to spend so much money because we're going to be spending so much on Chris Middleton and, Brooke Lopez, plus already having Giannis on the books, plus all the other players they have on the books, like that it might not be tenable. Um, Lakers and Clippers, I could see also being a, a thing. I mean, I feel like, especially from the Clippers perspective, I mean, sure, I guess go after it one more year, but if I were them, I would just try to, I would try to throw down, at, throw, throw everyone that's not nailed to the floor out and just be like, Kawhi's up for trade. Paul George is up for trade. Let's just blow this thing up. Get back some of the equity we've spent on this core. Like, I just don't see any way that that's going to work anymore at this point. It's just like they tried, they failed miserably multiple times. I would, but you know, if the option is there, maybe CP3 takes that. The Lakers thing is definitely intriguing, especially if it, there's already been rumblings that they might lose Austin Reeves, like not being willing to pay him enough money. And so if that's the case, like, then maybe they're like, hey, Chris Paul, we'll give you whatever money we can scrounge together and bring you on this team. And maybe he takes that, um, especially because isn't Delos a, a free agent as well, right? Yeah. And it already seems like they're not super interested in bringing him back either. So, um, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they could even do a sign and trade and, and sign and trade Delo to the Suns if they say to the Suns, like, hey, opt him in and we'll take him. And then we're going to – but that would – probably get pegged up as tampering i think so i don't know i don't know how that would all go and then maybe the suns still stick around too i don't know it's it's a lot of factors i do think if he ultimately would come to the knicks it would strictly be because of leon rose i mean th there is also the fact that the knicks are resurgent right now and it's a good time to be a nick uh but he would be 
the, the Knicks would be the one team where I think he would be humbling himself a yeah. bit as far as what his role would be. Whereas the he, other places he's starting on those other teams. Yeah. Yeah. Those other teams, he would yeah. still be brought in to be Chris Paul. The Knicks, he would be brought in to be like the best bench player in the league or one of them. Yeah. So I don't know. It's, Which, it's like, this is, like let, let's just reiterate because we didn't even like say his stats at the beginning. Like this is a guy who's still average nine assists per game last year, which was one of the best marks in the NBA still put up 14 points, obviously took less shots, but it was like, like you, when you, when you look for someone's efficiency, like really falling off a cliff, you're like, Oh shoot. Is he hitting 35% from the field? Like now he shot, he was down from basically shooting 49% like every year for the last 10 years, except for one weird season on the Rockets to 44% was still at 37 and a half percent from three actually took more threes than he took the last two years. So there, there was a little bit of that spot up success there. Like, like there is still like a special player there. And, and to me, to me, the biggest thing is like what he brings as a passer. Like, like if quickly buys in the right way, it's going to make his life easier. It's going to make Grimes's life easier. If like, if you get some of those lineups or if the Knicks decide to start quickly this year, I, I think it alleviates some of your shooting concerns with playing Josh Hart and Deuce at the same time with those lineups, like him and RJ would get some minutes and you could get really like, I mean, and maybe, maybe this is oxymoronic, but you can get really creative if you're Tom Thibodeau with, with how you use him and like, how he could leverage certain guys like him and Hartenstein could make magic. I think he could get Mitch going in a way like, no, like I, we've noted Brunson looks for Mitch maybe better than like any point guard that had previously had. I think Paul could be a better version of that. Like, there's, there's a reason like he again is the point guard and, and, and you want to go in on a guy like that. Like I really think he could be elevating for a bunch of different guys on this team. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, there's no, there's no denying that he's had that effect for, tons of different players and on tons of different teams throughout his career i mean you look pretty much every place he's ever gone to has been better with him than without him like there's never been a time where he has gone to a team and the team has been worse for it like literally just go through his whole career new orleans obviously gets as good as they get made a western conference finals appearance while he was there in his first stint of his career the clippers he goes to a team that hadn't quite found themselves yet with deandre jordan blake griffin they're like short of some really untimely injuries, they were contenders in the West every single year. Like they were right up there, top two, three seeds every single year, you know, perennial like championship, at least dark horses, you know what I mean? And then just had bad injury luck with Paul, with Blake, with, you know, various guys on the team that that screwed that up. Goes to Houston, they make a Western Conference finals run and almost make it to the NBA finals over the Kevin Durant Warriors, which is insane. Yeah, you know, Chris like, had gotten hurt. If he himself hadn't gotten hurt, then then they might have made the finals that year and most likely would have won it. Uh, then Oklahoma City goes there for one year as like a salary dump, completely turns them around. They go to the playoffs for a year. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> since he left, they completely fell off a cliff until, you know, they, and granted part of that was by design because they wanted to tank, but like crazy. I mean, he, he literally had that sort of effect on that team. And then, of course, goes to Phoenix and they make a finals run. I mean, it's just that winning follows the guys. So like, just from that perspective, like there are certain guys that you just say, I mean, honestly, different, different like thing because he's younger still at this point in his career and obviously still more in his prime, but sort of a similar effect to what like Jimmy Butler's had throughout most of his career, where it's like Jimmy Butler shows up somewhere and they start winning. Like that's just how it goes because he's one of those guys that, I mean, Chris Paul has been considered, I think by many to be sort of difficult to play with. And, you know, you hear that from people like after he leaves places, like guys, ah, maybe a little bit difficult to play with because he's so, locked in on like being the best and his team being the best i think that's always a good quality to have around i think that this team is is built in such a way that 
they could absorb a guy like that and be really great because they all most of these guys on the Knicks, I think, have that same mentality, thankfully. So no, I think I, it's it, it, yeah. it, I think it's a fantastic point to end on yeah. because like he is he is the like most meticulous human being. Like he will see a jersey out of place and wait till the end of the game to point it out to the official so his team gets a technical free throw. Like he he's that level of insane. And I, I know over years that grinds on people, but I think with his role slightly minimized with him being on like a little bit on the other side and like probably having a little bit of cognizance about that. I, I, I think he's in a place not only to accept a bench role, but also to be a little bit less that way and be a little bit less involved. So that stuff gets minimized and you maximize all the good stuff he brings where like, I can say as a Suns fan, like he, he made that team click. That was really good and was on a really good trip. Like, I mean, wasn't really good outside the fact that they went undefeated in the bubble and they didn't make the playoffs, but seemed like they were on the right track. Like he made that all work instantaneously. And I think for all the years, like we've hyped up like star acquisitions in the NBA. Um, it's very rare that it all clicks right away. Save a Kevin Durant going to Golden State situation. Like with Chris, it seems to always click right away. So I think I think that is a great case for it. Again, he's not the same guy he once was. He might even not be as good as he was this year, but I think that's more than good enough to help the Knicks bench. Yeah, for sure. And I guess we'll see if the Knicks find themselves embroiled in in the Chris Paul sweepstakes or not. Maybe they'll be dark horses and just kind of come out of nowhere if uh, if that does happen. I feel like that would be the way that it would happen. So it's possible we might not hear a single thing about it until it would potentially happen. Or Chris Paul might just say, this isn't for me coming to the Knicks. I'm, I'm going to just stay. Uh, go to some other team where I can start and whatever. But I think we're sort of in cautious agreement that it could potentially work. Uh, it's just, you got to see what happens. So uh, we'll have more if there's more on that. But in the meantime, we're going to have plenty more content for you guys coming up in the coming days and weeks. Uh, obviously, the NBA drafts in a couple weeks. We're going to try to get some Knicks-centric draft content out there, even if they're uh, not currently in possession of a draft pick. Uh, we'll get into some scenarios where they could trade for some picks and stuff. We're going to start our player reviews soon, uh, which we'll go through the summer because, you know, we need content at a certain point when there's not much to talk about over the summer. So we'll review some of last year's guys and stuff. Uh, but lots more great stuff coming your way on Locked on Knicks. But until next time, thank you all for listening and we'll talk to you all soon. Peace out. Everybody.